The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. I hope you're having a great day. Um, Today we're really covering an interesting topic, and I would tell you that this is the vast majority of the population of at least the United States, if not many of the uh, countries in this world, and that is children of divorce. Um, We couldn't say that maybe 20 years ago, but today uh, divorce is so prevalent in our society, at least in the United States, that we end up finding ourselves in uh, with children with step parents, children with single parents, and that is the vast majority of the United States at this point. Um, we're going to talk about this topic because it is so important to come from the children's perspective back to the adults. Adults oftentimes want the relief from a marriage; they want to get away from their partners. They they are sick of them. They're tired of them. They don't have feelings anymore. They're in it for the kids, and eventually that wears down, and they're ready to go. And so the deal is, is that we really need to consider the impact divorce has on children. Now, I'm not suggesting that we stop all divorce because that's going to be impossible. But what we do want to think about is if there is a divorce, how to handle it and what best to do. Also, we want to understand the ramifications that this has on our children's lives because I will tell you that as we move on as adults – and parents into other relationships and on into our lives without our significant other that we had our child with, what ends up happening is the child carries the scars throughout the course of their life, and their attachment to other people becomes much different compared uh, compared to children that have regular parents. Now, I'm suggesting regular parents in a healthy home, and there are many homes that are not healthy. Believe me, I call that job security. But the deal is, is that we have to consider them, and we have to think through this. And so what this shows about is stepping through their world and stepping through how we can help them navigate through that difficult water. Um, you know, here's some funny things about marriage, though, before we start the show. <laughs> you know, here's some uh, sayings about marriage. You know, I married Miss Wright. I just didn't know her first name was always. <laughs> My husband and I have never considered divorce. Murder sometimes, but never divorce. And that's Dr. Joyce Brothers. <laughs> I can't get divorced because I'm Catholic. Catholics don't get divorced. They stay together through anger, hatred, and festering misery, just like God intended. And that's from Lenny Clark. (laughs) Now, here's some thoughts about how children look at parents. You know, children and adult children, by the way, 
have the assumption that their parents should be able to work through and solve any issue. Parents who have given the children life are perceived, and this is how children see us, especially at a very young age, by the children as very competent people. They see their parents as competent. They see them to have supernatural abilities to meet the needs. No problem should be too great for their parents to handle. For a, you know, for a child, divorce literally shatters this basic safety and belief concerning their parents' abilities to care for them and to make decisions that truly consider their well-being. So they, their, their vision and their fantasy that mom and dad are all about them is crashed because if they were getting divorced, it's not all about them anymore. And that becomes obvious to children. Children have a strong belief that there is only one right family relationship, and that is mom and dad being together. Fundamentally, any other relationship presents a conflict or betrayal of their basic understanding of life. You know, in divorce, children tend to resent both the custodial and the absent parent. And that feeling will carry itself all the way through life. They will navigate their relationship and whatever's left of it with their parents based on how those parents conduct their life. And the other thing is, is with children in divorce, and believe me, I understand this one because at 10 years old, my parents divorced. I was the youngest of three. And, and back in the 70s, early 70s, that was not heard of very often. Um, it was something, especially in Indiana, which is the Midwest, the Bible Belt, um, basically that was just unheard of. So a kid like me had cooties uh, because if I made friends with another kid and brought the idea of divorce into that home, it could give that marriage the same problem. I mean, there was a lot of stigmatas on a child at that age. So, you know, looking at it, the deal is, is that parents have to renegotiate their relationship with their children when they get divorced. What they had with their children is no longer there. It is crashed. It is burned. And now the child has to reinvent their relationship with mom and dad in their new lives. And that is extremely hard on a child because they depend strictly on stability. Stability and consistency are everything to children. And when you take that away, there are lots of coping skills that they develop to deal with that. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. You know, children from divorced homes, and, and, and here we're going to compare married uh, families with uh, children of divorced homes. Children from divorced homes suffer generally, and these are general statements, but by statistics, they, they suffer academically. They experience high levels of behavioral problems. Their grades generally suffer and they are less likely to graduate from high school. Also, kids whose parents divorce are substantially more likely to be incarcerated for committing a crime as a juvenile. Also, because the custodial parents' income drops substantially after divorce, children in divorced homes are almost five times more likely to live in poverty than are children with married parents. And that, you know, you take an average income home and you split it up, you're going to find that there is an enormous disparity in one of those parents' incomes. You know, before you say, not my kid, remember that children and teens represented in these profiles are normal kids, probably not much different from you. Their parents didn't think they would get involved in these things either. Again, they were looking at increased risks. 
Uh, you know, a few more thoughts to consider as children in divorced homes experience illness more frequently and recover from sickness more slowly. They're also more likely to suffer from child abuse. Children of divorced homes suffer more frequently from situations or in symptoms of psychological distress also. And the emotional scars of divorce last into adulthood. And by the way, when we talk about poverty, nearly 30% of all children after divorce live in poverty at least in one of their parents' home. Now, here's an overview. You know, children suffer emotionally from a parent's divorce. This has largely been underestimated. Obviously, not every child of divorce quits a crime, drops out of school. Some do well at school, even become high achievers. However, we, we now know that even these children experience deep and lasting emotional trauma. And I can tell you this because I see this on a daily basis in therapy. For all children, their parents' divorce colors their view of the world and the relationship for the rest of their lives. The kids in several studies have a hard time remembering pre-divorce family. And that means even later life kids, the kids where it happens at 8, 9, 10, will often not remember much of their pre-divorce family because they're so traumatized by the change and adapting so hardly and put, focusing their brain so intensely on adapting that their memories fade. But what they remember about the post-divorce years is their sense that they've been abandoned by both parents and their nightmare of abandonment had come true. Uh, younger children aren't always aware of the concept of divorce. Older children are, and they are traumatized enormously, especially between 8 and 13 years old. That gate of time is extremely difficult on a child, even 7 Parents tend to want to have their own needs met after divorce. You know, they want to find happiness. They want to find someone new. But not only do the old problems often resurface for the adults, new problems are added. I mean, people go on and they'll move on into another relationship and basically end up having the same problems they had before. They're just having it with a new person and half the income they used to have, if not none of the income they used to have. You know, it's not... The parents love their children less or worry less about them. It's that they're fully engaged in rebuilding their own lives. Their energy is taken. And economically, socially, sexually, the parents are preoccupied. Parents and children's needs are often out of sync for many years after a divorce. And so children, again, feel abandoned as parents pursue better relationships after the breakup. Now, it's so important for us to think about that because... This is what this show's about, how to help kids at different ages, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down for kids of all ages and try to assist you with the, thought, the concept of a divorce and how to manage a child through it. Feelings of abandonment and confusion are only compounded when one or both parents find a new spouse. A second marriage brings huge complications, an enormous amount of emotions, for children, not to mention, then they have to deal with the step-siblings and step-parents and step-grandparents who often are in competition for the parents' attention. And, you know, that makes the adjustment even more difficult. You know, full recovery for a child going through a divorce and adjusting to their parents' new lives is nearly impossible because of the dynamic nature of family life. While you and your ex-spouse's lives may go on, 
with relatively little thought, your children will think about their loss almost every day. And 25 years after the fact, they will certainly be influenced by it. Life itself will remind them of the loss even at their happiest moments. And, and, you know, children never get over divorce. It is a great loss that is in their lives forever. They think about it, and it also impacts their own decisions in their lives. And it also impacts special events such as holidays, plays, sports, graduations, vacations, marriages, births of children. Bringing up the loss created by divorce as well as the family relationship conflicts, this results from the extended family you know, celebrating an event that is no longer what the child had defined to them in the first place when they were with their parents. You know, what oftentimes parents do with divorce is see a quick way out, and they don't realize the emotional damage they children carry for the rest of their lives, and it's no small thing. It's a violent ripping apart for a child, and this is coming from a child's perspective, not the parents, not what parents want to believe, but it is huge loss of stability. You know, but children, thankfully, are extremely resilient, and that's the good news. Now, toddlers, you know, they're working on their individual personality. And at this age, when children are starting to develop their own personalities, they realize that they're about, they are separate entities from their parents. They begin to understand that at this age, they are very talkative. They are very interested in environment, exploration, independence is recognized. And that is a good thing. But also, they need to know that their parent is there and they anchor on them. So at this age, you know, with tension in the home, their main bond is with their parents. And change in that environment at this age can be very difficult because they're very tuned in to tension between their parents. They need predictability and a stable environment. And that's what they're always looking out for in conversations and tones and actions and words. All of those things children are assessing about their parents. And, you know, they want their, uh, this is toddlers, want immediate needs met. Even if there's tension in the home, children's world is centered around themselves. So they will not totally concern themselves with the tension that's going on in the home, but they recognize that it is going on. They just don't know what it's resulting in. You know, divorce at this age for a toddler can be very difficult. It's possible for parents to overcome this if they work together. And this is what parents oftentimes don't do. They look at each other as black and white. They look at each other as evil. You know, you never know who you married until you divorce them and you see them in court because that's who you really married is who you get in court. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the ugliest parts of people come out and lawyers make a fortune. And I'm talking literally a fortune on two angry parents. They love that. That fuels their income. That justifies their job. That gives them more and more and more things to do. And the angrier the parents, the better. You know, hopefully you don't get an attorney that thrives on that. But unfortunately, if you're in a divorce and you have an attorney that thrives on controversy, that means they're probably a pretty crappy attorney. You know, if divorce occurs at this age as a toddler, the parent needs to be aware that the child may feel responsible for the breakup. And they also need to talk about it with the child. Children often own responsibility. Even at a toddler's age, they feel responsible for their parents because maybe I caused a problem. 
An increase in crying is something you're going to see from a toddler wanting more attention than usual. They may discover anger and not understand it. You know, if you think of emotional intelligence, children will blow up and get angry and cry, but they're not crying necessarily because they're angry. They're crying because they're frustrated. They're crying because they're tired. They're crying because they don't understand. They're crying because they're hungry. They're crying for a million reasons, and it's really hard to interpret it. But, you know, if you see a lot of anger uh, you're probably seeing a child that's just not able to process emotionally what's going on with their parents. They think that you guys are two godlike people uh, willing to solve every problem. Also, difficulty sleeping. Irregular habits become forming uh, for these children. Also, bedwetting may become something uh, more prominent if they were diaper. You know, got out, if they're out of their diapers. You know, children when they're experiencing this. Uh, uh, in steady emotional environment at home really do get affected. Now, here's some remedies for parents with a toddler, and that is it is extremely important that both parents develop a normal routine. And what would be even better is if both parents would develop a normal routine that is consistent in both homes. It doesn't have to be the same routine. But what it does need to be is a consistent routine that the child knows what they're going to when they're at mom's and knows what they're going to at dad's. Or if it's a homosexual relationship, they know what they're going to at one partner and another's. Also, they have to be extremely nurturing, nurtured uh, from their parents. Nurturing is extremely important to guide a child through divorce. That doesn't mean you give them everything you want. But what it does mean is you try to make sure that the child gets what their needs, what they can for their needs. And uh, that is critical. And their emotions need to be heard and they need to be validated. And it's extremely important to do that. Also, do not show tenseness with your actions. It is so important to be able to calm down before you deal with your child. And also, Look to friends and relatives to spend some time with your child. Make sure that they understand that you're not the only person to help them. Spend quality time with your child, but also allow them to spend time with other support systems. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about three to five preschoolers and on up through teenagers in the next segment. Thanks for joining Absurd Psychology. Come right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? 
In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. Okay, we're talking about uh, children of divorce, and we're working on uh, currently uh, the preschoolers, and that's what we're going to guide ourselves into and how to help them through a divorce. And we're talking the ages three to five years, by the way. You know, thought development, you know, children at this age are beginning to know and explore a great deal of their environment. They're, they're learning an enormous amount of new words, and their level of thinking is becoming highly complex. You know, they believe that they are in total control. They're total control freaks at this age, and they believe they're in control of the environment, which can pose a problem for parents who want a divorce. You know, the child may feel as though they're responsible for the divorce. And this goes on, this theme, by the way, goes on through all ages, um, the responsibility of divorce. And in this case, uh, they feel that they have the power to control the outcome. And so preschoolers don't understand the whole concept of divorce. And no matter how much you explain it to them, they're just not getting it. They don't understand it completely, nor do they want to see their parents separate. No matter how extreme the tension is at home, the child will ultimately feel responsible for the separation. And the key is for a parent to let them vent, let them say what they feel, don't shut them down, let them say what they're saying, you know, I'm responsible. Let them go through that. Validate how they understand how they're saying, I understand, uh, I hear what you're saying, so you think that all this is your issue. This is not. This is a, an adult issue between mommy and daddy or daddy and mommy. Okay, if the child sees that the parent is adjusting to divorce in a positive way, then they'll most likely adjust also. But unfortunately, There is so much hatred, oftentimes in a divorce, that two parents just hate each other. And they show that in front of the children. And it's so sad because they are so selfish for doing that. They have no idea what this impact has on their child. When their child or children see that there is no positivity, they lose a lot of hope. Uh, They lose a lot of memories that were important to them all of a sudden become memories that are not important anymore. You know, it's important that the parent reassure with physical and verbal affection. Children really need to talk to you as a parent. 
you know, the possible reactions that you're going to have to tell that a preschooler is not adjusting well to divorce is, you know, they have especially insecure feelings about the future. They also have feelings of a sense of responsibility. They keep anger trapped inside. And once again, these are symptoms. Not all children are going to display these. But also nightmares may start. Unpleasant thoughts or ideas happen. And, and they just have no way to control what's going on. And so their thoughts are just going and going and going like a gerbil in a cage, trying to, uh, trying to understand this whole concept. Now, here's some remedies to help you. First of all, it is not a bad idea to read books to your child. Read books of any kind to your child, of any childlike books. But ch- uh, stories that are written well about divorce are also extremely helpful. You know, sped up, set up a specific time for them each day to let them know that this is our time together. That is critical. Also, you really want to encourage your child to talk. And you want to ensure them that they know they are safe. These are critical needs that many people forget about. But they need to be good listeners during this time. And unfortunately, the conversation that they're going to have with their child is about the spouse they hate. And so the deal is that's going to distribute emotions inside that they're going to want to vent with the child because they're venting it on everybody else. And unfortunately, the child has to hear negative things about their parents. I encourage you, please, as adults, try to hold that back and not talk negatively about your partner to your child, especially during the transition of a divorce. You know, ensure visitation with the estranged spouse as best you possibly can and encourage visitation if it is needed because sometimes you you are not the parent your child needs sometimes it is the other spouse that your child needs at various ages and especially uh, having to do with their gender now from 6 to 11 uh, this is the elementary school years and at this age children are introduced to a huge amount of of peer interactions and the, and they may begin uh, to become a little distant from you because they're actually developing relationships with other children. You know, if, for elementary school children, the onset of divorce can be a huge obstacle to overcome, not only because of what's going on in their home, but how they have to handle it now socially. And many parents don't think about that, but they have friends at school and they talk and uh, that is something that they don't really know how to process. And when they try to process with another child, that can be extremely confusing. So as children get older, hopefully they begin to realize their parents did not abandon them. They will only realize this if the parents are open to talking with the children. And that means both. Certainly elementary school children feel extreme loss when a divorce occurs. However, it is not impossible for the parents to rebuild the child's sense of security. You know, children interact with ever-increasing amounts of new people, and they may come home with controversial questions and certain issues concerning the divorce, and they have a right to, and you need to be there to answer. Typically, a child's only wish at the elementary school 6 to 11 age is for parents to reunite, and they may attempt to accomplish this task on their own. They They may make that their life's journey is to get mom and dad back together. So here's some problems with divorce. You know, if children grew up in a nurturing environment, it will only be normal for them to fear being abandoned when divorce takes place. 
Both parents need to reinsure, especially if they created a nurturing home, that nurturing will continue. Younger children do not understand this divorce concept, and they may feel the parents are divorcing them. And parents should explain that parent separation does not result in losing a parent, and they need to demonstrate that. Children are always aware of what is going on in the home, and they're generally aware that they have no control over divorce. You know, some children at the elementary school age blame one parent for the separation, and it is critical for the emotional stability of the child that both parents are on board and explain that this is an adult decision, this is a parental decision, and it's not the child's. Parents need to maintain a regular schedule, a predictable schedule, especially with school because kids have to concentrate. And if they know they've got a regular schedule, a time to do their homework, they know what the routine is, they will get on with the program, especially at that age. So here's some possible negative reactions from an elementary school child on divorce. They believe the parents are getting back together. They feel rejected by the parent who left the house. They feel insecure financially about the future and of stability. They look back at all the time of memories that they had and they don't know how to process them. They play sick to stay home from school and they also feel abandoned and alone. These are symptoms you're going to see when a child is not adapting well to a divorce. Now, here's some remedies. You know, try to get the child to open up. Listen. And listening means I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. That means validate. Don't try to tell them what to think. Listen to them. That is so important. Many parents think they're supposed to tell their children how to think. No, you need to listen first and then offer what your perspective is to them. Share your emotions and what you're going through, not as a victim, but how hard it is for you and the challenges that you have to overcome so that you become a mentor for them, a positive mentor, not Eeyore feeling sorry for yourself. Spend quality time with each other, with the child. Reassure safety once again, and that, that safety thing keeps coming up, but that is the core critical need of all human beings in this life. Reassure that the family atmosphere is there and is going to be there and it's going to be there in the future as much as possible. Respect your child's privacy. If they're having a hard time and they want to be alone, let them be alone. Maybe not forever, but you do want to let them have a little breathing time. Maybe that's what they need. You know, talk about things of mutual interest other than the problems. You know, talk about things you love to do. That is key for a kid so they understand, hey, you know, there's still life here. And encourage outside school activities. That is critical. They need those kind of activities to be healthy. And they will resist them. But you want to push them out the door and get them into those activities so they can interact with other kids their age. Now, we look to 11 to 18. That's early to mid-adolescence. And I would say that because developmentally, People aren't really fully shaped as adults in this day and age until they're about 32. That means they don't know who the hell they are until they're about 32. And a lot of people will disagree with that. But I think if you look around, you're going to find that the vast majority of our population doesn't grow up until about that time. And unfortunately, that's because we're so overstimulated by so many things, including the internet and and goals and jobs and and what they want to do with their life, who they are, what their values are, who they want to be with. There's so many decisions that have to be made in the 20s 
and a lot of them are done reactively rather than proactively. So from 11 to 18, looking at divorce, um, their identity of self and, and their reactivity is extremely strong, and that, that's some issues that we have. At this stage, children are becoming more, they're abstract thinkers from 11 to 18. They are, they're beginning to develop and discover new identities. They're starting to, uh, you know, if there's gothic people around, they start acting gothic. If they, you know, dressing gothic or whatever, they start dressing like their friends, acting like their friends, listening to music like their friends, borrowing uh, personalities and phrases from their friends. That's, that's what they do at this age. And, and they're very aware of what's going on in their parents' lives at this age because so much of their life pivots on what their parents are doing. Um, not only are they aware of what surrounds them, unlike younger children, but they're also very critical about the situation. They have an opinion. And most of the time, they will not accept divorce as an answer. In mid-adolescence at this period, um, they are ready to be launched out into the environment where they will gain independence. And peers and school become important, uh, even more important sometimes in family. However, separation sets them back because it destroys the stability of their environment. And suddenly now they're thrown back into a world where they're having to adjust. And that means that developmentally, many children between 11 and 18 will be a little bit developmentally delayed because they're sorting out what's happening with their parents. The later adolescents' thinking skills are becoming more finely tuned and they're slowly becoming better abstract thinkers. So parents should be there to provide their children with guidance even though they may not always want it. And believe me, they have an opinion and at this age they may not want it, but you still want to offer it to them when you can. But you can only get through to these kids at this age unless you're a good listener. So possible reactions you may see for kids from 11 to 18 is uh, feelings of anger and hatred. They may try to take advantage of both parents, play one against the other, and that is for their own selfish benefit. Also, their behavior is very unpredictable. Um, so you're going to discover that they're taking risks. Um, they feel alone. They feel lonesome. And so they're going to gravitate to friends, hopefully, unless they're an introvert, then they're going to hide in their room. They also try to push blame, usually at this age, on one of the parents. And they also feel more mature than other kids in many ways because they're having to do parental decision-making if they have bad parents if they have parents that aren't stable, that don't develop a consistent environment, that try to pay them off, that have a lot of controversy between each other, then what you're going to discover is the child is going to, to uh, basically parentify. That means they're going to start making adult decisions for themselves because their parents aren't adults. Also, they, they also take on financial worries. Children of divorce generally understand the concept of money much faster than other children do. So here's some remedies for parents. Uh, from 11 to 18, you want to keep up as much communication with these kids as possible. They're great talkers at this age. Share as many of your own life experiences that would relate to their needs as possible. Keep an eye out for the child's actions in school. That is critical. School is the place where they're by themselves. They're making independent choices. And so that is the playground for them to be an adult. Also, uh, you do not want to involve the child at this age, between 11 and 18, when they have an opinion, between parental disputes. That's the stupidest thing you could possibly do. You know, you also want to consider, and this is for all ages, family counseling, and that would include the other parent. And, and family counseling can be extremely helpful. 
you know, so you want to watch your actions also at this age from 11 to 18 where children are aware of the dynamics of a relationship because they're starting to have them. They're also developing sexual feelings. And people at this age or at this stage, uh, children at this stage are sexual. And now adults are also becoming, the parents are becoming sexual. And they're starting to see it, unlike maybe what they saw when they were children. And so uh, sexuality tends to be not held back in front of a child uh, at this age and they may resent you for that. Also, you want to keep consistent rules and maintain them. That is critical for a child at that age. Now, with grown children, divorce even has longer-term consequences for them. First, it affects their relationships. You know, everybody thinks at this age, if their parents divorce, I went into a marriage knowing I could leave. Statistical studies indicate that children of divorce are more likely to divorce. Uh, you know, they also have trust issues, huge trust issues, because they feel their partner could leave them at any time. And uh, parental divorce affects children's future relationships. There's no such thing as an intelligent divorce. There are no firm rules about a good divorce or a bad divorce. However, divorce hurts children, even the grown ones. You know, I can tell you my parents' divorce had a lifelong effect on me, and I'm still feeling them. I mean, obviously, at 51, I'm fairly well-adjusted to the idea my parents aren't together, especially my mom who's passed. But the deal is that, wow, uh, it does uh, affect how you process because that is a model that you watched for eight years. I did from 10 to 18. I watched it. And, and participated in it, and then gone into college, participated in it, and all the controversy. So here's some ways uh, to help kids of all ages cope with the upset of divorce. You want to encourage honesty. And that means responsibility, by the way. What did you do? Not just what they did, what you did. Help them put their feelings in the words. Legitimize their feelings. Legitimize their, their honesty. When they're honest, Encourage them, support them, and, and, and give them lots of praise. Also, keep yourself healthy, you know, and you want to keep details in check. And what that means is you want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves and that you're taking care of yourself, but you don't want to give them details that they don't need regarding your other partner. You just want to deal with the situation as it is. And the other thing is get help if you need it. You know, keeping yourself healthy at this period makes you a great role model for your child. And I would highly recommend that parents at this age really work on getting themselves back in shape. Okay, we're going to go on. We're going to talk about having an unreliable co-parent. We're going to talk about a child as a pawn. And we're going to talk about a lot of other things about divorce on children. Come back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. 
Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. Okay, we're talking about children of divorce, and uh, right now we're going to talk about the unreliable co-parent. And boy, are there many. There are so many parents out there that promise their kids they're going to do this, that, the other, promise they're going to show up, promise they're going to take them this place, promise they're going to do this for them, promise all kinds of things. Uh, there's even parents who... who uh, <laughs> will take a child's Christmas or birthday gifts away um, because they don't feel like the child wants to spend time with them, and so they punish them. I mean, there are so many childish people out there who are parents, and, and I've said this so many times, and I mean it. There are real parents in this world who care and love their children and take care of their children and do anything they can for them and also you know, give them boundaries and discipline and try to teach them values. And then there's breeding stock. You know, there are enormous amounts of breeding stock. There, every, every adult, everybody who reaches puberty can have sex. And that's the problem. There are so many people out there in our gene pool that just have sex and don't know how to be a parent. They, they aren't, they're not healed from their own wounds. They breed and they breed with each other. They love to breed with each other, and that's called foster agencies for them. That's the wonderful business for them, and adoption. And it's sad, but they, they're out there, and they get lost in drugs, alcohol, and everything else but their children. And unfortunately, these breeders uh, create children with a very unstable life, and then those children go on into adult life. So um, when we have an unreliable co-parent, and many times one of the parents is going to go, buck-ass crazy going out there doing stupid stuff and not thinking about their child. Uh, they get caught up in their own little world and they get caught up in their own self-pleasure and they forget about their children and are unreliable. Unfortunately, we can't change who you bred with. If you bred with somebody like that, unfortunately, that's what your child is stuck with and your job is to try to help them because you're the one that bred with them. Okay, so when an ex is unreliable. It can be frustrating and painful for both of you and your children. 
there, there are subtle ways in which the parent who has custody can disappoint kids as well and even contribute to the parent's lack of commitment. So, you know, looking at it, the parent who has a child who is more responsible, their reactions to the other parent can also be detrimental if they're trying to uh, basically condemn the other parent. While you can't make your child's hurt go away, you can help them cope with various disappointments divorce brings. And, and so I've got some suggestions that I think are extremely helpful for you uh, with an unreliable parent. You have got to work with this person. Once again, you bred with them. It is not your child's fault that you decided to have sex and have a baby with a turd. You know, turds are out there. You were attracted. You weren't thinking. You didn't get to know them. And now you see them. And here they are in all their glory hurting your child. But you have to be a part of the solution. You have to be the bigger person and stand up on the hill and not down in the valley with them. So make it clear your child is loved. This is critical. Uh, when a parent regularly doesn't come through, kids assume that they are somehow to blame. And if only they were more fun, better behaved, they believe, then surely their parent would want to be with them. And so they oftentimes do things to get the other parent to rise up to the occasion, show up on time, uh, be there for them, follow through with their promises by actually becoming more charming with the turd parent who doesn't normally do their job, probably doesn't pay child support. They normally will behave for them and do all kinds of things for them because they want that parent's attention. And the other parent, the one that has to get them in school, do all the right things, doesn't get to have all the fun time, the one that's taking them to ball games and doing all kinds of activities is not the one that usually gets the thank you. And, you know, it's so important that you forget that uh, because you do not want their self-esteem to plummet. You need to continually reassure that your child that the other parent's lack of commitment has done nothing to do with their lovability. You know, just it may be a part of their where they're at in their life, part of their personality, how they're dealing with divorce. You need to attribute it to their personal life and not attribute it to their thoughts on their child. If you say your daughter's father, for instance, failed to show up, you might tell her, even adults make mistakes and sometimes they hurt people they love. You know, canceling at the last minute, even when they know the visit means so much to you, it's wrong but it doesn't mean you're not loved. And that's critical to remind them that your parent loves you. They love you. They just didn't show up on time. They made a big mistake. And we all do that. Don't sugarcoat the situation if you have an unreliable parent. You know, don't, you know, if you make excuses for the other parent, it cuts off your child's chance to express himself. If a parent cancels because of a bad cold but went to work the day that they had the cold, it's important your child feel free to voice their feelings. Let your child vent without your criticizing or apologizing for the absent parent. Just listen. Just listen. Have an alternative arrangement. You know, if, if, if your ex or whoever you bred with is often a no-show, have a backup plan. Whenever your child is supposed to see the parent, whether it's a play date, special activity, front outing, uh, you know, going to see some friends down the street, agree on how long you'll wait for the pickup or the phone call and then get on with your day. You, you might say, let's wait for a half hour. And if mom isn't able to come or dad isn't able to come, we'll head out to the mall. You know, if, if dad doesn't show, 
let them hear their disappointment. You know, listen to them, but don't get all caught up in it and start blaming the other parent. Encourage your child to communicate. This is critical. You can persuade kids 10 and older to talk to the other parent about their lack of follow-through. Kids 10 and older can talk to their parent about what's going on. Expressing themselves gives kids a sense of empowerment. So you want to encourage them how to talk to their parent, how to tell them about their frustration, how to tell them, uh, you know, that this is hurting their feelings, how to tell them that they miss them, how to tell them that they love them, how to tell the the other parent that's not doing their job how this affects their feelings and what happens when they're left there without the other parent showing up. You know, unreliable co-parents, it's critical for you to be willing to alter their visitation schedules. And many people are total assholes during divorce and don't communicate properly. But if you can rise above yourself and try not to get your ego involved, it would be wonderful that if one parent's visitation is obviously extremely difficult to meet, you know, maybe they can't get to the child before dinner. Maybe they need to get the child after dinner or maybe they need to change to a better day. You need to have an open dialogue with the ex-parent, you know, the ex-spouse uh, regarding your child's, let's just call them your child's other parent um, so that they have an ability to come through. So you want to support them and create an environment where they can succeed as a co-parent. Also, it's so critical to get other people involved in your life. You have to develop a support system, and we're going to talk about this a little later. But it's so critical uh, that you get other adults in your child's life, not perverts, but safe adults that have other children that are proven to be decent people, good neighbors, people you've spent some time with or understand. You know, this commitment takes pressure off you and gives you the ability to handle emergency situations. The other thing is, do not fight in front of your kids regarding one parent not being a good parent or consistent. This is a dialogue between two adults. And heated conversations regarding unreliability or finances, you're not paying your child support, should take place on the phone when your kids aren't around. You know, most poorly adjusted kids of divorce are those exposed to ongoing parental battles. And you really do not want your child to be in that soup. No one is saying, you know, you have to be best friends. Some couples simply can't get along or trust each other and aren't likely to. But for your children's state, sake, you need to stop fighting. Aim for peace, peaceful transitions is critical. You know, even if you're not openly argumentative, if you're going to pass them at the police station or somewhere, it's, it'd be nice if you didn't do that. It'd be nice if you could do that at your home so your kids wouldn't have to go some weird place and, and transition. But if you guys can't grow up and deal with it, then the deal is, you know, do it at a place that makes sense, that, that, that your child is not going to feel a lot of tension and become anxious. You know, research shows that many... Fathers avoid visiting their children simply because running into their exes becomes too much of an ordeal. You know, some some dads complain they just can't handle the conflict when seeing the former spouse. And the same thing goes for women that, you know, moms have to deal with the dads, the, the ex-spouse, and, and they just don't want to be around them. Um, you know, it's, it's critical that when you make these transitions that you do them in a happy way from both sides, that the child can look forward to their parent and backward at their other parent and go, I know I'm safe in both places. 
and say goodbye when you're smiling. That is critical. If you can make it a happy moment for your child when they're transitioning, to have that memory in their mind that you're smiling and happy makes them feel warm and comfortable and that they're okay being with their parent, that they don't have to feel guilt and shame. Also, um, you you want to send the right welcome home message, you know, uh, not so glad you're away from the horrible person, but I'm so glad you're back. I missed you, and and we really wanted to have you here at the house. This we missed you being around. I hope you had a great time with your other parent. Also, you want to allow kids to express disappointment. If they had a bad visit, let them talk about it. But it doesn't mean you need to call CPS every time. What it means is you need to understand that sometimes they're just not happy. They're not happy with one parent or the other parent. Maybe they're just not happy with themselves. But the deal is is that you need to be open to understanding that they may have had a bad visit, and that's all that is. Don't read into it. You know, children are not pawns. So the danger is that you will inadvertently do damage on top of the divorce. You know, you want to make some very strong decisions about your children if you're going to divorce. You do not want to sabotage your child's relationship with the other parent. You do not want to use them as a pawn to get back and say things to the other parent. You don't want to use your child to gain information. You don't want to use them to manipulate. You you don't want them uh, transferring hurt feelings and frustrations toward your ex. You don't want them choosing sides and turning family events into pressure cookers. This is critical. And don't want to have this us against the world mentality with your child because then that isolates them even more. You know, treating your child like an adult because you're lonely or just want help is also inappropriate. Turning them into your friend instead of your child, that's stupid. You need to get a support system. You need to grow up and get out there and put your big shoes on and, and be an adult and meet other people. Don't dump on your child. And and you don't want to become so emotionally needy that your child develops feelings of guilt if they spend time with the other person, the, uh, the ex-spouse. And, you know, you don't want guilt over divorce or overindulgence uh, that you have to also be projected on your, your child. So, here's some healthy alternatives. Um, besides Avoiding making this mistakes, you should commit to a family and parenting strategy that will help your child flourish. And, and you want to sit down with your ex, and, and if you have to take a po- co-parenting class, do this and make a plan. And, and set aside your differences and focus on your children. Agree with your ex that you absolutely don't disparage each other. Forbid your, sp- your children to speak disrespectful about each other. Negotiate and agree on how you can best handle things. Handing off is critical. Agree on boundaries and behavioral guidelines for raising your children so they have the same value system. Also agree on holidays and how they'll be handled. And uh, with regard to extended families, negotiating agree on the role they're going to play because they're going to play a critical role too and that includes family support system and that includes your friends. And you want to communicate actively with your ex about everything about your child's development, whether they're sick, how they're doing in school, how their friendships are, what they've been doing, what their moods are. This dialogue needs to be open. And if it's by email, that's you know fine, but it needs to be done. And you also need to conduct yourself with emotional integrity, even if the ex doesn't. So that's our show 
on divorce coming from a child's perspective. And once again, these children in divorce are the vast majority of our population in the United States, at least if not many countries all over the world. That's Absurd Psychology. We'll be on next week, next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 4 p.m. Eastern. Our show is Interracial Relationships, Mix and Match Colors. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgb at 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 sbcglobal.net. Remember, when children are involved, there is no such thing as divorce. And uh, here's a quote from... uh, Groucho Marx. I played Santa Claus many times. If you don't believe it, check out the divorce settlements for my wives. All right, that's our show. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.